you love from the fields. Poppies, red and roses, filled with summer rain to heal the wound and still the pain that threatens again and again. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome, everybody. Hooray. Yay. I'm going to turn up the sound so that you can hear yourselves and we can hear you. Hi. You're a new person. I don't know. Oops. Sorry, darling. Is, are you Casey? Uh, Clayton. Clayton. I knew it started with a C. Yay. Oops. See, look at me give myself feedback because I'm too close to the mic, to the thingy. Oh, but just kidding. Look, it's just me. Ah, okay. Fixed it. All right. Had to get away from the things. Hey, welcome everybody to the happy hour, the happiest hour of two hours of comedy that ever happened. Yay. I get to host from the stage tonight. Clap it up for Matt in the back. Matthew. Oh, yeah. Holding down the ones and twos. He has an amazing show here on Wednesdays from six to eight called the Gates of Delirium. And it's all prog rock, not Rush. Okay, no rush. None of you. No, no rush. rush no rush. Although I do love Rush. I mean, I learned to love his voice. It's fine. Sometimes you want to go to Getty Leland. I'm. Uh, he's the only one who gets that joke. Everyone else is like, "What's Getty Leland?" He's in Rush. He said, "You know who that is? Neil Pert. Yeah, cool." Uh, but that's not just. That's not the only prog rock brand that exists. I've learned about one called Griffin. <laughs> They're so good. They were this orchestral thing from like 1972 or something. And see, I listened to your show. It's so good. Y'all should listen to it, too. Wednesday, 6 to 8. Learn about some cool music. That Do happens. the right thing. Do the right thing and listen to cool music. So you're all here at MutinyRadio.fm and .sf. We've got um, a contest tonight. We have, we have a real judge here, which is exciting. Actually, you're a real judge, too. You're an actual person. You can grab a thing. You're, you have a soul, unlike the rest of these comedian crazy people. How does everybody feel about Texas. That's a crazy place, right? I don't understand what they're doing. They love guns. They love capital punishment. They hate abortion. That makes no sense to me. Abortion is just microdosing murder. Come on, why don't they like it? It's fun size murder. Texas, none of them are wearing masks. They're like, fun size murder, let's just cuff on our neighbors. God loves me. I'll live forever. Cool. I shouldn't make fun of people that love God. My favorite Bible verse is actually Leviticus 20.22, which is if you sleep with your father-in-law, you should both be stoned. (laughs) I love to be stoned. People in Texas, not so much. Did you hear in Texas? A handful of weed is a felony. A handful of weed. I ask you, whose hand? I have tiny hands. I have baby hands. Like a handful of weed for me is like a gram. Right? A a handful for like a a meaty, you know, Texan cop. Like that's an eighth. I don't know. I just want more weed. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) Why would you move to Texas? We were listening to your jokes earlier and they were so good. I can't wait for your Folsom Street Fair joke because this week is Folsom Street Fair. Scream inside your heart. I heard it from the thing. It was so good. You were playing earlier and I was listening and I was like, scream inside your heart. Oh, I love you. But because it's Folsom Street Fair this weekend. Are you excited for it? Does anyone else have a leather outfit? I do. The thing is, I already have a show on Sunday, so I don't know if I'm going to like wear my leather outfit underneath an outfit and then go to my show and then 
I have like this bra that's made of leather, but it has leather pasties with these little chains on it. It's super cute. <laughs> what? Well, I know I should. It's just I'm not I'm not as brave as you, Brady. Like the only brave thing I've ever done is to have abortions. That's the only, and that was just for the drugs. <laughs> you know, like. Well, I think that is he has he's had like soul abortions in some way. I don't know. It's. I think that's what you call a really big poop. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know how it works. I'm old, I have hemorrhoids. Uh, I, a lot of women in the 70s burn bras and read books so I can talk about my butthole on stage, <laughs> which incidentally looks like someone threw a hand grenade into a deli. <laughs> it's meaty. Yeah. I, I didn't know. So I don't know how to quaff the crash site, like, because uh, I've never watched porn and I don't know what they do. And I was trying to, I was trying to get rid of the action down there, the deep bush. It's I was born in '74, so it's like Vietnam down there. It's like swampy. No one can find Charlie. That's what I named my clitoris. <laughs> Charlie. No one can find it. There's so much going on. But I didn't know what to do. And then I learned like some people actually shave their buttholes. And I was like, I can't do that because I have hemorrhoids. So it's just going to be a bloody mess. So what do you, you pluck your hemorrhoids? Like how do you, how do you get in the, with the tweezers and the mirrors? I can't see anything anyway. I can't even pluck my mustache or my eyebrows or my boot. How am I going to pluck my asshole? Cool. I feel like we know each other now. Let's get this show started. I'm not part of the contest. I was just warming you up. Uh, hoping that you feel warm inside your pants. Uh, your first comedian of the night. I'm so excited. Uh, he's just a joy and a wonderment. Put your hands together, everybody, for Brian John. Yay! Thanks, Pam. How are you all doing today? Good day. I hope. Cool. Feeling pretty good. So um, I was recently going through all my old CDs, my old CD collection, and I came across uh, Willennium. Will Smith's 1999 album where he basically proclaims the next thousand years are going to be all about him. <laughs> you know, I think he was right. You know, the COVID pandemic has killed over two million people, but how many millions more have gotten jiggy with it? <laughs> Come on. In, you know, the, I mean, the, the wars in the Middle East mattered a lot, but I don't think they mattered nearly as much as the men in black's lives mattered. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we're living in the millennium. So, uh, <laughs> and uh, kind of sad news, the San Francisco Police Department recently announced that two unidentified pedestrians were killed by vehicular manslaughter. But I'm thinking, I was kind of upset, you know, because it's 2021, we should be calling it vehicular human slaughter. <laughs> Isn't it time for women to finally break through the glass windshield? I, usually, I like to open with that joke because it usually kills on impact. <laughs> on impact. And it, as a message too, it has social impact. No sound effects? Okay. All right. I'm getting too comfortable. All right. Okay. <laughs> so are you guys excited for the new iPhone 13 with the slightly repositioned camera? Did you guys see that? I'm really excited. Not really, but... um. Have you noticed that it seems like it, it, people take pride these days in how old and broken their phone is? You know, people will be like, oh, yeah, check out my flip phone. It's great. Check out, check out the call quality. It's terrible. <laughs> it doesn't have 5G, but it does leak battery acid onto my dick. It's a burner. 
<laughs> yeah. And, you know, I can't send emails, I can't use apps, and I can't have kids. Some people's email signature, it says, sent from my iPhone, but in my email signature, it says, sent from a computer at the SF Public Library, next to a guy jerking off. Uh, so, uh, well, I like to use my phone to call the new Bad Trip support line. Did you guys hear about this? There's an organization in San Francisco that launched the world's first Bad Trip support line. So this is like a number that people are having a bad time on psychedelic drugs can call and get help. Imagine it goes something like this. Thank you for calling the Bad Trip support line. If your friends have turned into bugs with insect faces, press one. <laughs> if you think blood is coming out of your ears, press two. If blood is actually coming out of your ears, please hang up and dial 911. <laughs> if you're calling on behalf of voices in your head and they know their party's extension, you may enter it for them at any time. If you have another issue or if numbers have lost all meaning, please stay on the line. <laughs> I like the Bad Trip support line. <laughs> I was looking at YouTube videos the other day and I came across one uh, that was about, so it was, titled, Can You Use Diet Coke to Clean a Drum Cymbal? And this guy's conclusion was, drum roll, no, you can't, it doesn't work. It's like, what, what the fuck? It made me wanna start a YouTube channel where I attempt a bunch of ridiculous life hacks where I have zero basis for thinking it'll actually work. Like, can an ant infestation be used to, uh, can, a, can a subwoofer be used to clear out an ant infestation? Turns out, no. Or, uh, can rubbing peanut shells on your face make you look 30 again? No, you idiot. Why, you, why did you watch this far? <laughs> All right, okay, let's see. So, uh, da, 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 da. I will close with, um, have you guys noticed that since the pandemic started, it seems like everyone's having a contest to see who can move to the shittiest place? <laughs> it's like, oh, you're moving to Austin. I'll see that and I'll raise you Raleigh, North Carolina. <laughs> for what I'm paying for a one bedroom in San Francisco, I can get an entire paper mill. <laughs> and someone else is like, oh, Raleigh, fuck, that's child's play. I'm moving to Flint, Michigan. I hear the women there are thirsty. <laughs> All right, thanks everyone. That's my time. Brian John, He's ladies and gentlemen. Brian John. Brian John, the most clever of clever. My goodness, yes. I was going to move to Detroit. <laughs> yeah. I bought an entire city block for $12. <laughs> That's what happened in Detroit. Muni Radio can survive for 70,000 years in Detroit if they have internet. Your next comedian is so funny, and he's an amazing person because he is one of the showrunners for the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival coming up. I'm so excited. He's so funny. Put your hands together, everybody, for Peter Struckmeyer. Yeah. Peter Struckmeyer. You hit on so many of the subjects I was prepared to talk about on stage tonight. First of all, I too am going through my old CD collection, okay? Because I'm going through all of my old CDs because I'm going to sell them to Gen Zers on Reddit and tell them it's Bitcoin. <laughs> yes, we're coming out with Oops, I Did It Again, Britney Spears, Bitcoin. Get in now. The investment's worthwhile. Um, also, congratulations to me. This is the first set that's being recorded on the iPhone 13. Ooh. I know I'm that asshole who waited in line today. If you couldn't tell by my super punchable face, I work in the technology industry. 
But uh, yeah, we got the release of the iPhone 13. It's Folsom Street Fair this weekend. Those twinks at the Genius Bar are going to get lit. Oh, they are walking around with their clipboards. Like, they do need to get fucked in the ass on Sunday. Oh, my God. No, but here's what's really cool about the iPhone 13, because I'm better than you. I'm going to show it off. Um, it has, like, this is a little leather wallet, and it's magnetic, right? So the iPhone 13 is magnetic for leather. So all of these twinks are going to have their iPhones on their harnesses here at Folsom Street Fair. Like, this is my grinder profile. Um, oh, and then I just got a notification that, oh, shit, I didn't record it. Fuck. Whatever. Um, who's excited for Folsom Street Fair? Make some noise. Yeah, who's going to go get tied down and tickled by a porn star? <laughs> like, I was thinking about this in the shower. What do the people who go to Folsom Street Fair who work in, like, corporate America jobs tell their coworkers they did over the weekend the following Monday? Are they just like, yeah, no, it was a good weekend. I went and got fisted on the sidewalk. Got peed on by Brady Pearson. <laughs> but no, if you're going to go to Folsom Street Fair, you need to remember the one rule of Folsom Street Fair. There's only one rule. Do not walk on the sidewalk. Do we, under, do we know why this is a rule? Okay, for those of you who don't, there are a lot of very high-power tech executives who live right in the apartments right above Folsom Street Fair. And they like to watch. They like to watch a little too much. They like to let you know that they are watching and that they are enjoying watching the show. And they might express that enthusiasm out the window and onto your head. So if you think a bird pooped on you, that is Ralph. He is a VP of marketing for Apple. He is responsible for the magnetic leather iPhone. Let's see. I'm not going to go to Folsom Street Fair because I don't do a good job of meeting men in person. No. Uh, when I hit on a guy in person, it doesn't go well. It's like if I see a guy that I like at the bar, I'll basically go up to him and just start like tantric dancing, like, hello, I'm your little peacock Peter. And then he'll be like, get the fuck away from me. I have a partner. I'm like, red flags, throw them up in the air. So yeah, that's not really the venue for me. Um, I'm going to leave you with this. I got catfished this past weekend. Yeah, he looks really handsome. He had one of those profiles where he had like a really seductive smirk to him. It's because he was missing teeth. Aww. Yeah, so when Meth Mouth showed up to my apartment, I wasn't like, hey, dude, get the fuck away. Instead, I was like, here's the tooth fairy. What Bitcoin are you going to find under your pillow tonight? That's my time. I'm Peter. I don't remember my name. Getting a contact on Peter Strachmeyer. Peter Strachmeyer. Keep it going for Peter Strachmeyer. Yay! Your second comic of the night. 
Oh, Folsom's gonna be so much fun this week. No, I know that is actually amazing that they made a, a. It's magnetic with leather. We're all gonna die. We're all. The future is now. We're all gonna die. Your next comedian, number three. He's so funny. He's one of my favorite. Like, right? I mean, I always say you're my favorite writer, but you're a funny guy, but you also write great jokes. Put your hands together, everybody, for Daniel Lewis. Yay! Daniel Lewis. Oh, wow. Thank you. That's very nice. How are we doing, guys, as I get this thing out of here? Peter, you really jammed the mic into the... Uh... I'm very straight. I'm a lot straighter than, than Peter. You can't go from that gay to this straight like this quickly, okay? That's like when a high front and a low front meet, there's a tornado. <laughs> it's not safe for anybody. Meteorologically, it's not safe. I don't know, man. I used to go to the Folsom Street Fair actually years ago. I was at, my friend of mine had one of those apartments at 9th and Folsom, and we actually had, we had opera glasses. We bought opera glasses, and we just watched the... There was a guy who, I remember, there was a guy walking, a lot of people walk around with backpacks, completely naked, and just like running shoes. And they go, it's like sensible shoes, make sure your feet stay good, but everything else. And I remember a guy walking around just, you know, with a gigantic boner, just being like, all right. And then he just turned around. There was a group of guys that were like waiting for him or something. I couldn't figure it out. I'm watching with opera glasses, mind you. I'm up in the peanut gallery. And the guy just turned around and it just like opened up his asshole. And then just people just took photos for like a half an hour. That's what I remember. I don't know if that's remarkable, but to me, I thought it was a, a highlight of the show. It was like the best aria of the entire opera. <laughs> All right, I just want to tell a little story. Ah, you guys, I'm a bald American. You know what? Uh, the, uh, you know about phantom limb syndrome? You know, people like to feel a leg that's not there. They lost the leg. I got like a similar, I have phantom hair. It's true. You think I don't like a convertible? Just like the rest of you guys? Just feel that wind whipping through? What what would be my hair anyway? That's what, that's what that is. Some days I wake up too and I can just tell right away. I'm like, aha, this, this would be a bad hair day. I would really be in trouble today if I were so unlucky as to have hair. I don't know. Anybody have any guilty pleasures? You guys got any guilty pleasures? Huh? Smoking pot. Smoking pot, right? Porn. See, I don't think those are guilty pleasures. You know, I just feel—I feel like we should reserve the phrase "guilty pleasure" for things that you should actually feel guilty about. I don't like there's one category for like people who diddle kids, and someone like me who likes the occasional Ace of Bass song. You know, <laughs> that's an innocent pleasure. Smoking pot, porn, chocolate, right? That's mine. And even says on one of these packages, they'll, they'll have like a package of chocolate. It'll be like guilt-free. If there's a guilt-free version of the thing, that means it's not a guilty pleasure, right? There's no diet murder, all right? That's not a thing. Speaking of, uh, speaking of porn, I saw, I saw that there was a, there's mermaid porn. That's a real thing on Pornhub. I don't know if you saw that there's mermaid porn. That's a, that's a really strange. How did mermaids ever get sexualized in the first place? Seems so strange. It's half a fish. What are you going to do with that? With half of At least it's the bottom half this fish, though. It would be more disturbing if the bottom half was woman and the top half was fish. <laughs> right? Very creepy. Hope you like eye contact, guys. Uh, <laughs> she doesn't blink. She does not blink. 
The sex is where it gets real disturbing to consider, right? You have to actually hold her head underwater while you're doing it. That sounds aggressive, but that's the right thing to do. That's being a compassionate lover. You might get one of these uh, kinky reverse mermaids likes to have her head out of the water for a little while. <laughs> that's always fun. Shit, one more. Damn. Uh... You guys ever get you guys ever have morning wood that gets mistaken as something sexual by your significant other? Or you woke up with this physiological thing and then they brush up against you and they're like, "Say, what have you got there?" You're like, "This has nothing to do with you." All right, I'm sorry. This is a false flag operation. <laughs> what this what this needs is a good cup of coffee and a dump. Okay, all right, sorry. <laughs> There's no reason to talk about scatological. Thank you. Appreciate it. Daniel Lewis. Daniel Lewis. Dan Lewis woke up with morning wood because he was dreaming about mermaids, yo! <clears throat> yeah! <laughs> Look at this stuff. Isn't it neat? Wouldn't you think my collection's complete? When did we make mermaids sexualized? In the early 90s when we made a hot, red-haired mermaid who had a cave full of dildos. Jesus Christ, where were you in 1991? No one else saw Little Mermaid? <laughs> right? The Cave of it was the Cave of Wonders was actually Aladdin. I'm sorry, it's together in my mind. I'm like the little mermaid has a cave of wonders. I might be a lesbian. Your next comedian is very funny. Put your hands together for Newman! Yay! Newman. Newman. What's up guys? Um I'm dressed like this because I'm visiting my parents today and I want them to know how I'm doing. So, yeah, um, I don't know what to talk about. Um, I think we need to appreciate the fathers that leave more in society. I do, because, like, let's admit, yeah, the pe the dads who run away are, like, pieces of shit. But if you're, like, walking on the street and you, like, step on a piece of shit, you're usually like, wow, I wish this piece of shit wasn't here. Not, I wish this piece of shit was, like, a better father, you know? That's not... A normal person's reaction. Um, are there any like astrology fans here? Yeah, great shit. That's not good. Um, no. Um, look. Uh, I saw this post recently on Instagram that said, um, if you're like a Scorpio and you're in a relationship, make sure to always like communicate and like express your emotions openly with your partner. And, you know, that's good advice, but I'm not a Scorpio, so I guess the next time I'm in a relationship, I just need to, like, shut the fuck up, keep all my emotions really buried on the inside, you know? Apparently, that's their advice. Look, I don't have a problem with astrology. I just don't like it when people use it to, like, justify their, like, shitty, like, things. Like, I have this friend, and she puked in my car, like, three times this week. Yeah, and I asked her about that, and she was like, look, I'm an Aries. That's just what we do. And I was like, no, Jan, you're an alcoholic. Like, you need to get your shit together. Like, this isn't because of the stars. Yeah, um, no, here's my thing. Um, Like, I don't, I know astrology is, like, taking over, and that's cool with me. I just can't wait until astrology is, like, used as a legal defense in the future. Like, they're, like, going to be lawyers. Like, you know what, my honor... Yeah, my Clyde did kill six people, but, you know, he's like a Leo. They're all, like, Scorpios or whatever. Like, that's just what happens. Mercury's in retrograde. I don't know. I don't know. Um, But, yeah, I don't have a problem with people who, like, believe in astrology because, I'll be honest, I believe in Panda Express fortune cookies. I do. 
Yeah, no, because they're really positive, which I feel like they kind of have to be. It'd be weird to, like, go into a Panda Express, buy a meal, like, open your fortune cookie, and it just says, like, watch your back. Because then you just, like, paid for a threat. And, like, that, I don't think that's fair. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I got a fortune that said um, better things are coming your way. So I broke up with my girlfriend. Oh. Yeah, it's not going to come, though. I, I, I've been waiting for, like, two months. Yeah, I'm going to sue. Um, yeah, I don't know. Dating's hard. Like, I shouldn't have broken up with her. Like, uh, I texted this girl you up at 3 a.m. last night because, like, I'm a romantic. And she immediately texted back, no. So, yeah, that was harsh. Personally, I think that was her dad texting, which doesn't make it better, actually. That, 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 makes, that makes me in danger, so that's not good. Um, yeah, I guess I'll end with this. Um, if I had to choose between having a porn addiction and having a crack addiction, because I've had a lot of time to think this past year, um, I would choose a crack addiction, like, 100% of the time. And here's why. You have to, like, earn a crack addiction, you know? Like, crack isn't free. You have to, like, pay to get it. What I'm trying to say is you have to be financially responsible to manage a crack addiction. And, you know, as someone who's financially irresponsible, I think a crack addiction could be very positive for me, you know? Whereas with porn, porn's kind of everywhere. Like, guys know this. Like, you can find porn anywhere. Like, you can find it at a local library if you try hard enough. You can't find crack at your local library. Like, I've tried. Also, with crack, I feel like once you're done doing crack, you're like, wow, this was nice. I would like to do more crack in the future. Whereas with porn, once you're done watching porn, you're like, wow. I really need to find someone, and I'll be honest, I am at a point in my life where finding crack seems a lot easier to me than like finding a girlfriend, so yeah, and that's my time, thank you guys. Yeah. Newman Shake. Newman, everyone, yay! I don't, uh, I don't watch porn, uh, and I don't do crack, but I will give you a pro tip about cocaine, if you've been doing cocaine, for more than 24 hours, you do not eat your boogers, you smoke them. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah. Uh, your next comedian, she's so funny, she's won a contest in the past, and she's back again. We're going to get to see her on one of the Atlas shows coming up. Put your hands together for Sarah Goth. Yay! Sarah go, Sarah. It's okay. I am a white woman, and we are the worst. Uh, some people, as in white people, uh, were surprised that 53% of white women voted for Trump. It is kind of confusing, because like, it's obvious the only reason Trump said he supports women's rights is because he heard fallopian tubes, and he was like, Philippian boobs? I'm down to support that. Uh, yeah, that's why he does that thing with his hands. He's just like working out the best way to prop them up for when he finally gets the chance. Um, but frankly, I think these women who voted for Trump are just dumb, right? Um, like, you know, they, and we, we shouldn't be surprised. Uh, they're almost always the daughters of bigots who hated anyone who was different, so uh, had children with the people most like themselves, their own family. For generations, these people have hated diversity, which is ironically exactly what their family tree needed to avoid having daughters who think chauvinism is another word for chivalry. Um, lots of white women trying to be social media influencers these days. I'm like, you wanna make a real positive social influence? Go jump off a bridge. Um, I hate when people post around New Year's like, I ran a thousand miles this year, or 
I did 300 hours of yoga. I'm like, that's not fair. Like anything added up over a long time frame is going to sound like a lot. Also, you're aggressively cherry picking. Like I think you need to give a more balanced report. Like, yeah, okay, you ran a thousand miles, but I bet you ate enough burgers to wipe out an entire family of cows or drank enough alcohol to kill an entire football team. Um, what else? My mom used to hit me. Shit, I say hit me, I meant hit on me. I mean, she did used to hit me, but like only when she was drinking, like once a year. It was like the one family tradition we had. Uh, but she also used to hit on me. Uh, when I was a kid, she'd say things like, you've such a great figure. Uh, but the way she said it, she was clearly just admiring her own work. Like I was some sculpture she'd made back when she was an art history major. Um, though I think she also was trying to prepare me for the real world. Uh, like she loved grabbing my butt around the house and the vibe was definitely like, I made it, so I own it. But also men will do this, so get used to it. Um, she had another strategy for preparing me for life. Uh, she tried really hard to make sure I was never too happy. Um, that's unrealistic. Uh, so she'd say things like, you're the reason why I'm in therapy. And I was like, what a coincidence. You're the reason I will be in therapy. Also, like, I feel like I'm the hero here because I'm keeping your therapist employed and I'm giving you something to do so you're not just a bored housewife. Um, I feel like she had a similar justification for hitting me. She was like, I will raise a daughter who's down to earth, even if I need to kick her down there myself. Such a devoted mother. Um, I have a confession. Uh, porn makes me really sad. Um, I just think of their dads. It's even worse when there's a backstory. I'm like, why the extra effort to make them real people with lives and personalities? Uh, the worst is professor-student porn. It's just way too close to home. The whole time I'm like, don't do it. Don't do it, dude. You did a five-year PhD plus a postdoc to get this job. Don't throw it away for some chick whose bra size matches the grade she has in your class. But I, I feel just as badly for the student. I'm like, sweetie, you don't have to do this. You're getting a college degree. You have a bright future. But do yourself a favor and just suck the dick of a frat boy. Like, he's, he's going to go into finance. Like, the guy you're with now, he's going to lose his job. Just, <laughs> yeah. OK, that's my time. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Sarah Goose, ladies and gentlemen. Sarah Goose. Sarah, so close to home for me. I always wanted to be a college professor, but I can't because I would fuck all of my students. Yeah, I have. I have I have multiple master's degrees. I would like to be teaching college, but uh, that would be a bad idea. But it'd be, it'd be different if women were trying to fuck their young students, right? Because uh, the guys would think that's hot <laughs> instead of being illegal. Or whatever. I'm sorry. The double standard. It's so fun. I love feminism because finally we get to objectify men equally. Yay! Just stop objectifying women. It's never going to happen. <laughs> Promance is just a construct to control women. Your next comedian. What a funny guy. Clap your hands together for number seven. Dorian Trong. Yay! Dorian. Dorian. Um, for those who are wondering, I'm not wearing this beanie because I'm a hipster. I'm wearing this because I am bald. And uh, what the fuck? Everybody in here got great hair. What happened to the bald guy earlier? Fuck. I actually don't have, like, I like the look of the bald look. It's fine. It's just, 
I feel like God's playing a joke on me. Like, and you would think my life gets easier now that I'm bald, but it's just gotten more difficult. Like, if I don't cut my hair every two days, I end up looking like a 50-year-old divorcee. Um, so uh, today, um, I was reading up on Tinder, you know, to try to get an edge. And it turns out, and I didn't know this, that 90% of women on Tinder date the same handful of guys. The other 10, they're whores. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> online dating is rough. Like, uh, online dating to me is like, it's like putting in a raffle to try to win a car. Like, it's never going to happen, but I just, there's a little bit of hope. So I, uh, I used to be 300 pounds, and then uh, I lost the weight because I didn't want to work on my personality. Um, I also started uh, rigorously uh, masturbating, um, also because of my personality. No, I'm just kidding. I, I started losing weight because I heard that uh, COVID kills fat people. But uh, that's it, though. If it wasn't for COVID, fat people are untouchable. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I've been doing online dating and, uh, you know, just swiping through and I noticed that women are really serious about pineapple on pizza. Like, who knew? Like, pineapple is fine. It's fine. But it's like, is that your go-to? Like, it's kind of a weird, like, line drawn over, like, like the top seven topping. This is kind of weird. It's like arguing who, like, the third hottest Jonas brother is. It's like if all the guys in here gathered together and like debated who has the fourth biggest penis. Anyway, I've, uh, I've lived in California my whole life. Um, very progressive here, you know. You know, some might even say it's a little bit too progressive. Just, just testing the waters and it's quite chilly. Ugh. But whatever, fuck it, I will be confessing something to you guys all today, all right? Uh, I do not think I am ready to eat ass. Like, I'm not ready to eat ass. You know what I mean? Like, I just, I just started to get used to eating pussy. I'm like, and just in the middle of the night, like, Paul Revere comes by, kicks down the door, and it's like, hear ye, hear ye, we eat ass. I'm like, what the fuck, man? I don't remember that vote. We need to go over to the uh, Electoral College. I need to recount that. Um, yeah, I guess that's it for today. Thank you. Dorian Tron. Dorian Tron. Dorian does not eat ass, everyone. We know this. This was a crazy thing about the pandemic, though, is that when you got COVID, you lost your sense of taste and smell. And it coincided with everyone eating ass. <laughs> Col collaborative, colorative, who, you're the smart one. Uh, what is it? It's called, col color. it's not colorative, it's, col what's the word? Calligraphy. No, not calligraphy. <laughs> That's cursive, which can, nobody can remember. Co colorative, no, it's, no, it's when to the correlative, correlative! Shit. I was just saying that correlational. correlational. Thank you. Thank you. 
Is COVID and the loss of taste and smell and the millennials' love for eating ass correlative? I ask you, so does your next comedian, Brady Pearson! Brady Pearson, toss that salad. Oh my God, you can say my name all day long. Brady Pearson. I'm living for that. Some of my favorite topics discussed, like objectification. I'm all about it, right? I don't care if you have a fucking brain. I just want your goddamn dick, you motherfucker. I'm a real man. I don't give a shit. So yeah, it's very exciting. It's Folsom Street Fair. What are y'all doing this? What are you doing this weekend? Are you going out? Yeah. yeah. Gonna, what you doing? You don't know Folsom Street Fair? How long have you lived here? Oh my God. Oh, that explains everything. And you're a white woman. Okay. You came over here without an escort? Wow, you're brave. Brave. Oh my God, look at that. Yeah, you know, I'm very excited. I'm very excited because this is more time for me to be a practicing homosexual. Right? I can't say I've gotten it completely correct. I mean, I'm sure there's always something I can learn. You know, and one of the things that I really like about being a faggot is like the cocksucking aspect, right? You know, it's like I want to be really good at it. You got to focus, though. You got to be, you got to go, oh, God, I want to be the best cocksucker in the world. You know what I'm saying? You probably do. I mean, you may not want to be, but I wish you were. Now, <laughs> you know, it's like I want you guys to know, like, if there's all this talk about cocksucking that's making you uncomfortable, you can be a cocksucker at any time. Just want you to know that, and I'm more than willing to help you. Make your dreams come true if that's what you want. I mean, I can totally do that. I'm here for you. <laughs> I, just, I do it for the children. I do it. I do this for the children, you know? It's not easy, because I feel like, you know, if I'm going to be really good at dick sucking, maybe, like, if there was something like a Dick Olympics, what do you think, you know? Like, I would be on the American cocksucking team. I would have just missed placing on the synchronized fisting team, but I missed the mark. <laughs> Ow! Um, there's some exercises that we like to do um, on the American cocksucking. Do you want to show me? Some, you want? I'll show you some. Here we go. Okay. So the first thing we do is we get down, we stretch it out. You got to stretch it out, kind of get that really. You know, got to get down, get down, kind of like this, and then you know, we call this the kneeling priest, right? You know, you've seen a kneeling priest. Of course you have. Okay. Recently, like in choir board kind of thing? Oh, okay. Well, then you might also be familiar with the tip, tip, tip move. You got to make sure you get all the way, right? You, you know. Well, maybe you don't know. Shit. Okay. And then finally, you, you're sitting here, and you, you've got all that going on. You got the action moving, and you go, just want to get that, gather that energy down, go, uh, uh. And you get your, you know, like kind of like this, and you move it up, and you got to get, uh, uh. Ah. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is flowering lotus. It's a very activating pose, as one might imagine. Yeah, thank you. And I'm so excited about Folsom because it brings out this fantasy that I have about walking around as little orphan Fanny in a big leather get-up with my little puppy Sandy on my side, my daddy and my little gimp. <laughs> and <laughs> we're walking down the street, and um, I rewrote a little song for you, and here it goes. It goes something like this. Your son will come out tomorrow. Bet he'll be a bottom and he'll swallow all my cum. He'll be gay 
but he won't be lonely. I'll jizz on his chin, he'll grin and say, tomorrow, tomorrow, I'll bottom tomorrow. It's only a gay away. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Brady Pearson. Brady Pearson. He's the head missionary, Brady Pearson. Brady Pearson. Find him this weekend at Folsom in his red wig. I'll, I'll dress up as Sandy. That'll be fun. Yeah, don't don't lose your mask. The coolest thing I ever saw at Folsom Street Fair was a ballerina, and she was naked, and she was dancing, and there was this guy lifting her, and it was fun, and it was cute to watch, and then he started fingering her while he was lifting her in the air, and I was like, okay, this is Folsom Street Fair. Your next comedian, maybe he might want to try out for the part of Sandy. I don't know what's going to happen. Put your hands together, everybody, for Phil Patrick! Yay! Phil Patrick. Phil Patrick. All right, all right. So I think we actually made up a word today. The word you were looking for was correlated. I think correlative is a, a euphemism for incest. <laughs> it's been a, it's quite the hot girl summer this year. It's actually, it's been the second hottest girl summer in history. Second to the Salem witch trials, of course. Those were pretty hot. Uh, I, speaking of witches, I grew up in a household full of women, and they actually taught me to pee sitting down. And uh, I was kind of embarrassed about it at first, but now I own it. I pee sitting down all the time. Uh, but sometimes it does make the other guys at the urinal uncomfortable. Uh, I'm an ally of everyone. And uh, in the workplace recently, I heard uh, someone call, tell a female work coworker to smile more. It's a big no-no, makes everyone uncomfortable. So I have a solution for this. I tell my female coworkers to say cheese. All right, uh, so I was dating this girl recently, and she goes to me, she's like, Phil, I want, you know, I want you to call me something special. I said, well, what about babe, like pet, pet name, you know? And she goes, well, that's not special enough. I said, well, what about your name? That's, that's unique. She goes, well, you could have dated someone else with the same name. So I said, well, how about I call you something special and unique, like password one? Uh, Boba is pretty popular in this city, and I don't really, I don't really get it. It's kind of weird, right? Like, it's milk tea or bubble tea, but boba is a topping, but it sinks to the bottom of the drink. But it's so good that we named the whole drink boba. Boba is a power bottom. Uh, I've got a fact for you guys. Uh, ducks have corkscrew penises, and they also engage in forced copulation, also known as rape. And, you know, it's not a fun fact, but it is a useful fact, because now whenever I'm camping, I can have a nice freshly opened bottle of Cabernet, but there is a trick to it because you have to make the duck think that the bottle doesn't want it. <laughs> All right, uh, and so there's been a lot of, uh, sorry, I read a, a headline recently and there was a teacher from San Jose who got caught going down on one of her students and yeah, gross, right? It's always interesting seeing the reactions, right? You see mothers and, and women and they're going, that's disgusting, she's sick, she needs help. And then you always see these creepy middle-aged men that are like, oh, lucky, where were teachers like that? I wish they existed back in my day. Uh, the truth is those teachers did exist. Uh, they were just sucking the cool kid's dick. <laughs> I've been, someone was talking about dating apps, so I've been trying to get back into them. 
Uh, and as uh, my friend over here, oh, there you are, you were talking about doing research. Uh, for one second, I thought you were going to say the same joke. But uh, I also did my research and found that on dating apps, there's a huge ratio difference. So there's about nine t women for every women on the app. And the technical term for that ratio actually is called a bukkake. <laughs> All right, I'm Phil Patrick. Thanks, guys. Phil Patrick. Phil Patrick, everyone! Hooray! Phil Patrick! Yay! Uh, Lee Stewart isn't here, so what we're gonna do... Hey, Matt from... Matt from um, New York. Yeah, a guy didn't show up, so... This guy's from New York, everyone! Whoa! Yeah! I'm super excited. I know his name is Matt. I don't know what his last name is. I'm sure he's gonna tell you stuff about himself. Uh, hey, everybody, Matt! Yay! His name is Matt! He's come all the way from the East what Coast. If my name Will you please welcome Matthew? That would be the Matt. That'd be a power move. Cool. Y'all do is it it's a three minute horn? Well, or that's a one minute or is that when you go over? Okay. Oh, I'm already done. Here we go. Awesome. I was gonna say I don't, the horn's a little distracting. Just tase me when I've gone too long. That's so nice. Um, good being I I live in New York City. I'm just uh, uh visiting. I'm doing uh okay. I San Francisco's a weird it's dystopian. It's a very strange. It's just all the streets are rivers of, of of poverty and addiction, and there's just billionaires walking through it. Like you know what this world needs? An app that brings your barber to you. That's what. That's what we. That's gonna fix everything. Um, I uh, am five years into a relationship. I can't make my girlfriend come. I am uh, unable to make my girlfriend come. So we use a vibrator during sex, so she can also get off. Anyone else lose their job to automation? Any of you? Uh, GM factory workers or no? Okay. And I don't, by the way, after the show, people, whenever I say that, people try to offer me tips. I don't need home remedies. There's always women that are like, try, try apple cider vinegar. It's just, you stab it. It gets the job done. Because I don't mind. I don't, it saves me a lot of work. It's Because like the closest thing I have to do to foreplay is just plug it in the night before. That's my whole job, which call me romantic, but I like to tease the socket a little bit first. You know, I rub the plug around the edges, stick it in a little, pull it back out, stick it a little more, start an electrical fire. And um, does it bother me that she uses a vibrator? Uh, no, but she thinks it bothers me, and that bothers me. That's the part I don't like, because she, th like, she thinks I'm sensitive about it. Like, afterwards, she'll be like, you made me come, and it's like, no. No, I didn't. She's like, well, well, you helped, right? Like it was, like it was an alley oop or something. Like me and the vibrator are some buddy cop porno parody duo. <laughs> He's whiten up tight. It's curvy and purple. They're Turner and Cooch. Look at him go. This summer, Tango and Gash. They're Woody and Buzz for the younger generation. And yeah, I'm, I'm happy she's getting off. I just don't feel like a part of it. I feel like the the DJ Khaled of orgasms. I just shout my name at the beginning and let someone else do all the work. That's it, you know. <laughs> and the vibrator is very nice. It works very well. Like sometimes she gets off twice and I'm like, another one. Okay, that's stupid. Uh, what did I come here to talk about? Okay, I, I'm trying to be a better person. Uh, I started biking to get around New York City, but I realized I have a I city bike. I have a lot of road rage and all they give you is this little bell and that does not really express what I'm feeling when I, because I get cut off in traffic by like a BMW, like, fuck you, you dipstick asshole, fucking learn to drive, dickhead. And all they hear is ding, 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 <laughs> ding, ding. Guy's looking at his rear view like, I, I think he's summoning a concierge. I don't know what's going on. I tried to, to read more during the pandemic. 
And I've, uh, I've accepted that I'm bad at it. So I don't know if any of y'all do this. Uh, here's what I have to do to read. I read the book while listening to the audio book at the same time. And it works, but I just feel like such a little slut that I can't, that I have to jam it in four different holes just to feel something. I'm just on the subway getting spit roasted by a quartet of Malcolm Gladwells. I just, I'm afraid if someone hands me the book in braille, I'll start tonguing the bumps. That's just like great book, but if you smelled the DVD, um, I don't like reading. I was, I like math, majored in math in college. I don't give off much of a math vibe. If you heard me talking about pi and epsilon, you would assume I was hazing a pledge. That's more. Like, come on, Connor, bros before host, before parentheses, before exponents, before multiplication, before division, addition, and subtraction. Okay, I will do one more, and I'll get out of here. I'm, I'm Cajun. I'm from Louisiana. Uh, my family's from Louisiana. Cajuns. There's a lot of the interesting things about Cajuns. Like, uh, Louisiana, uh, a lot of vampire movies and books based in Louisiana. I think that's because vi- Cajuns make very flavorful victims, you know? Just a lot of... All that, that seasoning. If a, if a vampire drinks a Cajun, there's two bodies afterwards. One is passed out from blood loss. The other is in a sodium coma. Like it's, Louisiana is the only state where vampires get heart disease. That's, uh, <laughs> and people think Louisiana is not a very racially progressive uh, place. This is true. Louisiana had the first Indian governor of any state, Bobby Jindal. And though I don't, dis, uh, though I don't agree with his politics, I do, you have to admire the intestinal fortitude of a man who can subsist off of Indian and Cajun food. Just what his colonoscopies must look like a sandstorm on Mars. Just a flurry of cumin-soaked crawfish whiskers. And Okay, that's all for me. Thanks, hey, y'all, thanks very much. Thank you, Matthew. All the way from New York City. Keep it going for Matthew. Dear God, where did he come Matthew, from? Matthew, where York. is he? What is he? We don't even know his last name. That's how rad he is. He's, he's probably on Cobbs tonight or some shit like that. He'll be like, I'll be at the punchline all week. He's like, yeah, thanks for coming in, Matthew. It was very funny. Did Lee Stewart didn't show up, did he? I didn't think so. Uh, your next comedian, he's one of my favorite people right now. He's like, oh, he's so funny. And he's helped me, and he's guest hosted, and he's so clever, and he's so good at hosting, and all these kinds of things. Put your hands together, everybody, for Ian Langland. Yeah. Ian Langley. Ian Langley. Thank you very much. Keep it going for Pam. Very lovely, very lovely host. Uh, I just recently watched the Night Stalker documentary on Netflix. We're all familiar with the Night Stalker, right? I didn't know much about him. Uh, so I was learning about him. He was a serial killer in Los Angeles, and he you know, killed 20-plus people in Los Angeles. And he actually came up to San Francisco, and this was the craziest murder. He came up to San Francisco, and he broke into this couple's house. He stabbed them both to death. And then he proceeded to go into their fridge, eat their food, puke it out, and then masturbate onto the puke. What an arrogant motherfucker. It wasn't enough. It wasn't enough for him to just kill them. He had to like make himself at home. I think that is incredible. <laughs> the arrogance of Richard Ramirez to do that. Like he killed them and then he like went into the, uh, th- he could have at least swallowed the food and he was like, this shit sucks. And he just puked it back out. Like not only did I kill you and take your life, but your cooking a- is absolutely awful. <laughs> pukes it all out. And then he just masturbates on it. That's just the cherry on top. He really made himself at home. I'm surprised he didn't pop on a movie and like invite his friends over for some pizza or something. <laughs> I cannot believe it. 
And then he master he masturbates after killing, stabbing two people. That takes a lot of physical effort to stab two people and then masturbate. Sometimes like I need like a shot of espresso to get the job done. And this guy's killing people and rubbing one out. It's like an Olympic sport. The, the stab and rub, the 400 meter stab and rub by Richard Ramirez. Incredible. Incredible. He eventually gets caught. He eventually gets caught. And when he gets caught, like women from all over the country become obsessed with him. They become obsessed when they start th sending him nude photos, send him love letters. They start going to his trial dates and they're like, you know, flaunting over him. It's incredible. This guy worshiped Satan and murdered people and he was getting more bitches than I ever have in my entire life. If I'd known the secret was to murder and rape, I would have been doing that shit years ago. I would have been doing it years ago. Sorry, mom and dad, but. Th these are my takeaways from learning about the Night Stalker, by the way. I was like, dating tips. Like, ooh, that's interesting. That's a good one. Anybody here ever uh, d do shrooms? Psilocybin? Shrooms? Yeah. Shrooms are cry. I, I used to do shrooms a good amount. And um, I remember after I did my first shroom trip, I was talking to this dude about my experience. And he was like, oh, you know, did anything crazy happen? I'm like, you know, not much. I just convinced myself my mom hated me and that God was dead. So a regular trip, just a regular trip. <laughs> so yeah, I tell him about my experience. And then he's like, oh, next time you do it, you got to drink orange juice with it. <laughs> Which I think is a really bizarre thing to say after you tell someone you did shrooms. Like, orange juice, what am I going to? pop a stem and cap at Sunday brunch with my mimosa. Like, ooh, just gonna do a little bit of tripping with my ex-Benedict. Kelsey's having a really bad trip and she is not a vibe. Staying away from her. I'm like, orange juice? So I ask him, I'm like, well, wh what do you mean? Why would I drink orange juice? And he goes, oh, it makes it more powerful. And I was like, that was the last thing on my mind after doing shrooms. How do I make this worse for me? Did he not just hear the part where I think my mom doesn't love me? And he goes, I got a way to make this crazier. I'm okay. I am okay. I'm still reeling in the demons from that day. I don't need anything to make that shit worse. Like, it's already a risky thing, and he's, he's trying to double the risk. It's like if you went skydiving and you were like, let's fucking throw the parachutes out and catch them midair. That would be fun. I'm like, no, I I'll pass. All right, thank you. That's been my time. Ian Langland. Ian Langland. Ian Langland with such brave jokes about serial killers. <laughs> I get it. I still think you should go with the bulimia tip. That's why they, we talked about it at Joke Workshop on Monday. I'm sorry. We're in the middle of a show. I'm such a dick. You're, I love, no, I'm, I'm the worst, for, I'm the worst host alive. It's absolutely true. Oh, Josh, you can pamper to me anytime. Yes. Ah, you see, I can be punny too, Brian, John. Oh, he's gone. Um, your next comedian has an amazing name that I'm going to try to remember. Put your hands together for Naveen Ramushandran. Yay, was that close? Naveen. Naveen. Um, wow, this is great. Wish my mom could see this. She'd be really proud. I came to this country just three years ago with $2 in my pocket. Now I have 10. Um, I'm Hindu, which is a religion, not a condition. We believe in uh, reincarnation. 
I um, I'm not afraid to die, but I'm afraid to be reborn. I um, I have this recurring nightmare that I'm born as a dog in San Francisco, and my owner is this unhappy single Asian woman in her late 30s, and she's a tiger mom with no kids. And she works at Facebook, so she makes fuck you money and has a fuck you attitude. She dresses me up like a ballerina, pushes me around in a stroller. Sometimes she stubs me in her Louis Vuitton bag. In my dream, in my, with my little paws, I'm trying to reach for her Xanax bottle <laughs> or her gun so I can kill myself. But that doesn't work. She, she dresses me up every fucking day for her Instagram feed and her TikToks. And these like TikTok rehearsals take all fucking day and she doesn't feed me. <laughs> she doesn't feed me until she gets it perfect. And then once she gets about a thousand likes, she takes me to Paw Paw Pastries <laughs> and buys me a bacon cheese burger bagel, which I have to eat with a fork and knife from my monogrammed crystal bowl. She's, um, she suffocates me with her Cabernet Sauvignon breath, and she just vents to me about tech bros. You know, she tells me these tech bros, they think they are woke, but they are misogynist pigs. They think they are enlightened because they are on ketamine. You know, she is, um, yeah, she, um, she's, she works from home. So I'd never get a fucking break. Yeah. Sometimes she goes on dates and she comes back with a white guy that I have to impress by doing tricks. Yeah, like stand up, roll over, sit down, shake hands, do algebra, you know, make her look like she has mother potential. Sometimes her friends come over and they drink hot kombucha and take shots of fireball and then they uh then they start dressing me up again in different kind of clothes. And then they start kissing me on my mouth. And then they, uh, they rub my scar where my balls used to be. <laughs> so anyway, I'm just like this emotional support slave of this like lonely tech millionaire. And uh, I, I wake up from this nightmare, I'm, I'm sweating and crying, and the first thing I do is feel for my balls. <laughs> anyway, thank you. Thank you for listening to that. Ravin Namashatran. Ravin Namashatran. Thank you very much. Keep it going for Prince Naveen. Yay! Naveen. The only reason I said Prince Naveen is that Princess and the Frog, he's the guy. If anybody likes it, nobody likes Disney in here. Anyways, Prince Naveen is in the Princess and the Frog, and he turns into a frog, and then he's Prince, and he's from the country. You have an accent like his, too. It's cute. That was very, very funny. Okay. Your next comedian gets an extra minute because I accidentally bumped him on the list for no reason. No, 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 no. If you want to take it, you can take it, and I want to give it to you. So I'm not going to honk you till four because I accidentally skipped you, and I'm sorry about that. Uh, I love your next comedian. He beats me at magic all the time. The gathering, not like with wands and shit. Like, I'd have him all down on that, please. Uh, but put your hands together for Josh Kotsky. Yeah. 
Joshua, Joshua, Joshua. Can you just give me like a now batting, Joshua Katsky? Nah, it's fine. Um, now batting, Joshua Katsky. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Batting 174. <laughs> That's right. Throws left. You know, my entire life, when a ball would go over my head, uh, someone would say duck, and I would, I would like duck and cover. But based off of your information, I should have been like running away, like don't fucking rape me. Uh, man. I, I re <laughs> all my jokes are gonna be one for one specific person. I recently learned that 30% of, of emissions related to global warming are caused by cow farts, and the remaining 70% is caused by Trader Joe's. Yeah! Yeah. With their wall-to-wall -wall doorless refrigerators and store long rows of freezers that they refuse to put a cover on. Because Trader Joe, uh, Trader Joe wants his cold air to be free range, like the organic free range chicken you can buy there for a very reasonable 269 a pound. <laughs> also, they do, they do all of that just so you can, you know, you can, uh, you don't have to do any work as you're picking out your plastic plated, plastic wrapped, single serving meal for dinner that night. And I gotta say, that is why I love Trader Joe's, for their, their selection, for their customer service, and for their commitment to speeding up global warming. I, I, I love them for that, because Trader Joe's knows what I know. This planet needs to die. This, we're, we're done. Think about it this way. If there was a guy who killed 500 people, We'd all, we'd all be like, all right, kill that dude. All right, there'd be some naysayers, some people who are like, oh, we don't like capital punishment, or ooh, what if the murderer is attractive? But most of us would be like, we should kill that dude. Do you have any idea how many people planet Earth has murdered? All of them. Between natural disasters and oxygen, planet Earth has killed every single person except for you, me, some astronauts, and that one teacher they sent up there in the 80s. Besides that, Earth has killed everybody. <laughs> oh, I wasn't alive. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I think I think our time has come. Um, fuck, I'm forgetting stuff. I'm gonna go to a different thing. Um, I like I I I don't do cocaine. Um, cocaine is kind of it. It's kind of ruined my life in some ways though. Uh, when, I was, when I was in college, I watched my best friend suck a dick for 30 minutes just for a little bit of cocaine, and uh, all I gave him was a key bump. <laughs> there it is. Um, <laughs> I just fucking forgot the rest of that other set. <laughs> uh, another time in college after a party, I was leaving with this girl, and I was like, yeah, finally gonna lose this virginity. And she gets a text, looks at her phone, and without looking up goes, this other guy is free cocaine. I'm going to go to his place. So don't you dare tell me that drugs don't ruin lives, okay? I thought you actually had to do an excessive amount of cocaine for it to ruin your ability to have sex. But apparently, it can do it all on its own. A cock block, I guess coke block would be the, the correct term there. Um, and yeah, you might call me prude because I don't do drugs because I prefer my coke diet. Yeah, my, my shrooms, portobello, my oxy, clean. <laughs> but 
But I've seen what cocaine can do. A few days ago, I saw a guy on his knees in a public restroom stall. Now, normally when you see that, you see another pair of shoes, maybe some pants on the ground. This guy was alone, not sucking dick, just snoring coke off of a public toilet seat. Now, cocaine scares me because uh, I don't know what's in it. I don't know if it's been cut with something gross that I wouldn't want in my body. Meanwhile, this guy is actively, enthusiastically, storing the taint sweat and fecal residue of the thousand strangers who were in there before him. All right, I'm sorry I forgot all my set, guys. Really appreciate your time. <laughs> Joshua Katsky, ladies and gentlemen. Joshua Katsky. Josh Kotsky. Yeah, he's talking about doing cocaine off the toilet seat. Uh, I've done them off tarot cards on the ground in the toilet. All right, that's, that's where it's safest, off my own tarot. Just a tiny square. Three girls hovered around it like hungry, hungry hippos. Yeah, on the ground. That was San Diego. It was a long time ago. Seven years is the statute of limitations, and uh, it's been longer than that. All right, so I have this list, and... Um, Dash isn't here yet, but Hunter is. I'm so glad you're here because you were the next one on the thing. And that's so perfect. All right. I love your next comedian. I love it when he's on the rails and off the rails. He's so much fun. Put your hands together. If you get it, you get it. Put your hands together for Hunter Uniac. Hunter, Hunter. I like that awkward silence. I do for some reason. Okay, let's do jokes. Um, let's do this one. My dad's my coworker, all right, which means he's, uh, he finds that as a reason to be my friend. Does that make sense? Like, it's fucking weird. Like, he picks me up for work one day, and he's just like, he's, first thing out of his mouth, 7.30 in the morning, he goes like, so this is a picture of my ex-girlfriend. She just won a Mr. Olympia contest in her age bracket. First thing in the morning, he shows his baby boy a picture of his 50-year-old ex-girlfriend in a fucking bikini. And I just think to myself, those are hotter than all my ex-girlfriends. What the fuck? And then he goes, uh, yeah, I could have been in a couple's duo with her, and we could have won that together. And I'm like, how the fuck is mom doing? All right. Is that your form of asking you want a divorce? And why the fuck are you asking me this question? All right. You're all children of divorce. I get it. This is hurting you guys personally. It's crazy though it is. What else is happening? Um, let's do this one. Do you guys vote for the, uh, the uh, recall election? That was cool. I'm bombing. I get it. <laughs> it's crazy. I, I voted. I voted. I voted for Caitlyn Jenner. I, I voted for Caitlyn Jenner. Like the world's burning. California's dying. All right. Like I, Kanye West is running in 2024. I want Caitlyn Jenner to use this as a platform to run for the presidency. And I want Kanye West and Caitlyn Jenner to have a presidential debate against each other. That is a beautiful thought. Kanye West will say, hold up. I'll let you finish, but you know, um, FC Sierra had the best transition of all time. <laughs> There's only one person who gets that joke. I don't give a fuck. That is hilarious. It's crazy though. It is. What else happened to me? Um, my girlfriend broke up with me recently. Yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> it's crazy what she broke up. I, don't, I treat her like a goddess. I'm an atheist. I never believed in her. <laughs> Let's do this one. Um, you know that phrase, pizza's like sex, if it's bad, it's still pretty good. Have you guys heard that phrase? Okay, well, I got my own versions. Pizza's like sex, I'm banned from Domino's. Pizza's like sex, the first time I had it, my parents paid for it. 
Pizza's like sex. I don't like it with fruits. Vegetables are welcome. That's a coma joke, motherfuckers. All right, what else is happening with me? Um, let's do this one. Uh, I'm half white and half Filipino, which means I'm 100% white at heart, 100% Filipino on paper, you know, for college reasons. Do they work? No, that's why I do fucking stand-up. I guess the point is I'm so white, I leave Yelp reviews for my drug dealers. I'm so white, if I was a pimp, all my bitches would have dental. I'm so white, my favorite rapper was the singer from Linkin Park. Fuck you, I wrote that joke before he died. I'm so white, I discovered most deaf from the cameo he had on House. He played a deaf guy, I still haven't listened to his music since then. That's a true fucking story. I can see why you guys aren't laughing. <laughs> what else is happening? I'll leave you with this. Um, hey, do you guys think Hulk Hogan looks like Thor if he was on bath salts? There's no punchline there. Just want to leave you guys with that. That's my time. You guys have been a crowd. Hunter Yudiak. Hunter Yudiak. Mark Neuer, everybody. I mean, I'm sorry. Whew. That's your next comic. That was Hunter Yudiak. Sometimes, sometimes their souls meld together and I get confused. I'm sorry. They're like Wonder Twin Power Activate. They're like form of a Zanny bar, shape of a ketamine party. I'm like, where do I get to go next? Sorry, that's why I got confused between the two. They're like Wonder Twin. They're like the same age. Aren't you? Aren't you both 26? Aren't you both from, I mean, you're from Modesto, which is gross and scary. You're from a gross and scary place too, right? South San Francisco, right. So they might actually be, they are the Wonder Twin Powers. They're from. I am so excited about your next comedian. It's his birthday week, which means, I don't know what it means. It means something to him. <laughs> Put your hands together, everybody, for Mark Neuer. Yay! Goodness gracious. Yes. Turn that shit off, please. Thank you. Turn that fucking noise off. My God. Yes, I'm 26 as of yesterday, so that just means there's 364 more fucking days until the sweet, sweet release, ladies and gentlemen. And we all live happily ever after, you know what I mean? It's been so good. Some people wake up and they have like ambitions and, and goals. I wake up and I'm like, oh, that, that's good enough for me. It's good enough for me, you know? Some people wake up, they write a list of their ambitions and goals. I wake up like, like fucking O'Reilly just, fuck it, we'll do it live! <laughs> I do, I swear I do, I do. I met a person the other day, they were like, I get eight hours of sleep, I wake up, I go for a light jog, I do yoga, drink tea, and I go about my take a shower, they take a shower, they go about their day. I wake up and I try very hard to just not die, to just not turn into my mattress, you know what I mean? Like it did so much just to not lay there and turn into the grandparents of the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, just laying down 
until I, I don't wake up. This is a really happy set. Are you excited too? I'm here. Did you shit your pants or did you shit the toilet? What happened to you? Good. Good. I hate when I shit my pants. I hate when I do that. What's even worse is when you shit the bed because then you can't just lay there all day. And I mean, you could. You could. What do you guys like? The judges? Are you judging me right now? Is that what this is? You're a judge? What are you two? Brothers and sisters, what's going on with you? You look like you just got off of a boat. <laughs> that was the boat talk. What the hell did you say to me? Oh, no, it's the accent that makes you related. I'll tell you right now. You know what? I'll tell you what. <laughs> I guarantee to it. It's the accent, you know what I mean? God bless, dude. I'm from the that accent's version of California. I'm from the Central Valley of California, Stockton, Modesto. A lot of people don't know. Woo! 209, motherfucker! Stockton! From the Central Valley of California. And it's a really happy place. It's a really happy place. And a lot of people don't know where it's from. Like, what it is. Where is it at? Well, I don't know. This one guy after a show, he came up to me. He's like, I, I know Modesto. I've been to Modesto. I went to rehab in Modesto. <laughs> it's like it's like going to the Neverland Ranch to stop fucking kids. You get it? There's a lot of drugs in the Central Valley, California, ladies and gentlemen. A lot of drugs, specifically in Modesto. Methdesto? You're talking about Methdesto? There's a lot of drugs in Methdesto. There's a lot of kids in the Neverland Ranch, ladies and gentlemen. It would not be the place to go. 26 years now, ladies and gentlemen, that been, my, my name has been tw Mark Neuer for 26 years now. It took me 26 years to realize that Neuer in French uh, means drowning. It does. I know you know. Stop. I can tell you no. Drowning, which is great because that's what I'm doing in debt. It also means in French, Neuer also means walnut in French, which leads me to believe conversations in France must be uh, really fucking confusing. You're, you're what? You're what? You're walnuts? You're walnuts? Oh, you're drowning. Oh, my goodness. My middle name is William. So I could just remix my name to be Willie Walnut for the rest of my life. Which is like Willy Wonka's porn name. Come with me. And you'll be in a world of impure masturbation. And then you see the Oompa Loompas getting fist fucked in the background. The children getting sniped. Are you alarmed because there's children in my porn? <laughs> They're not getting fucked. They're being murdered. It's the loophole. It's on YouPorn only. Uh, subscribe to me on YouPorn to see the extended bonus director's cut where they also get decapitated. Have you not seen the original movie? My name is Mark Noyer. Make it loud for Pam Benjamin. I love you guys. God bless. Billy Walnuts, ladies and gentlemen. Billy Walnuts. Director's cut, that's when he has a moil. And they're cutting all the foreskins off. <laughs> a moil. No, I think that's... Okay, so uh, we're confused on the people that are here and that are not. Lee. 
Dash, neither of you came. Ray Khan is not here yet. Uh, hey, you know who? Uh, Clayton? There he is. Hey, I'm super excited. Your next comedian. It's his first time here, which means clap it up like motherfuckers. Everybody, it's Clayton Mosley. Yay! Mutiny Radio, how are y'all motherfuckers doing tonight? Give it up one more time for Pam. She's doing a great job. And, uh, you know, I hope everybody's having a great week. You know, uh, my week didn't start out too good. I was on Monday morning, I was racing down Market Street on my bike, and uh, I got hit by a car. And if you think I look bad, you should see the fucking car. But, so uh, who all here reads High Times Magazine? Anybody read High Times? Well, there was this article the other day about this little old lady who got arrested in Middle Tennessee for having a pot farm. Now, whenever the cops asked Granny how much weed she had, she told them maybe just an ounce. I mean, just basically a bag of weed. Well, Granny was sitting on 20 fucking pounds and 40 goddamn plants. Now, I know the educational system is fucked up in Tennessee, but goddamn, how in the fuck are you going to say maybe just an ounce and have 20 fucking pounds? Don't make no fucking sense. But Granny became my hero because whenever she got arrested in her mugshot, she gave them the double bird. She flipped them off, boom, boom, said, fuck y'all. When I got arrested, they wouldn't even let me put my fake teeth back in, and I look like a fucking meth head. But, so, uh, yeah, I mean, most grannies, they're cooking cookies for their grandkids. This granny was making pot brownies for the community and selling them. Granny wasn't hurting nobody. Granny was a public servant to the people of Middle Tennessee. Did y'all know they're in a weed drought right now in Middle Tennessee? We didn't know that because we're out here in California and we fucking love marijuana. Who all loves marijuana here? Make some fucking noise. Make some noise. Don't be shy. It's okay to get high. Yay, marijuana. Marijuana. It's okay to get high unless you're smoking crystal meth. That shit ain't cool, yo. That ruins families. Uh, Speaking of families, so uh, a little about me. I grew up in a town called White House Fork, Alabama. Any of y'all ever hear of it? Exactly, because there ain't shit there to talk about. And... um, but I grew up going to church every Sunday, and I always got drug up to the White House Fort Baptist Church. And my dad, he never would go to church, never did want to go. And the preacher had a bright idea to say, hey, you know, I'm going to try to talk this man into going to church. So he went out on the boat with him that day. He was fishing, and my dad's making a few casts, and the preacher's in the back of the boat talking about God. And all of a sudden, my dad hooks up to a fish, and he reels him up into the boat, and he picks him up and says, now, ain't this a nice son bitch right here? Preacher goes, Frank, you can't talk like that around me. I'm a man of God. My dad says, hold up now, preacher. That's the name of the fish. It's a son bitch. Preacher says, son bitch? Well, let's catch some more of them son bitches. And they did. And um, they ended up getting back to the preacher's house that night, and they were cleaning them, and they're out back. Preacher's wife steps out back and says, hey, honey, what are y'all doing back here? Preacher goes, oh, we and Frank just cleaning a mess of son bitches. Preacher's wife goes, oh, Lord. <sighs> you done went out fishing with that man for one day, and you done came back, and you done lost your ways with the Lord. I want a divorce. I don't want to be with you. Preacher says, hold up now, honey. That's the name of the fish is a son bitch. Preacher's wife goes, a son bitch? Well, let me fire up the grease. I'll cook them son bitches tonight. And so she did. And they ended up inviting the new youth minister over to eat with them. And they're all sitting around. My dad, he takes a bite, and he goes, oh, this is the best son bitch I've ever had. Preacher's wife takes a bite and goes, honey, you got to catch some more of these son bitches. Preacher takes a bite. He looks at my dad and says, Frank, this is the best son bitch I've ever had. God dang, we got to catch more of these son bitches. And then the new youth minister, he takes a bite and he looks around at him and goes, Heh, 
you fuckers are all right. So, uh, yeah, I grew up going to my papa's house at the trailer park down by the river a lot, and I stayed with him. And, uh, you know, when you're a grandkid, you always got to bring all your video games to your grandparents' house. Because, I mean, you can only masturbate in the bathroom so many times where that shit gets boring. And, well, one year for Christmas, I got the Blue Collar Comedy Tour on DVD. And I must have watched that shit about a thousand times that week. And I was telling my papa all about it. I was like, hey, we need to watch this. And I brought it over one weekend. And we were watching it, and it got to the part where Jeff Foxworthy was telling the, well, you might be a redneck jokes. And he said, if your old TV is the new TV stand for your new TV, you might be a redneck. And then I looked at my papa, and he looked at me, and then we both looked at the brand new TV he got for Christmas that was sitting on top of his old TV. And it was at that moment in my life that I found out that I was a fucking redneck. Mutiny Radio, y'all have a good night. Clayton Mosley. Clayton Mosley. Clayton Mosley, everyone. You can tell he's a redneck because his accent, his accent is from the right, I don't, I don't know, milieu. Yes, yes. That was lovely. That was right. I'm sorry. No, you're like, and it's it's love to have. I I always get scared of rednecks because I'm like, did you? I, are you impregnated with Trump's baby baby? Like his his space baby? Have you heard about the new QAnon things? Like first it was baby blub, and now it's space babies. No, I just made that up. See, because you could do anything with QAnon. You could just say the weirdest shit, and it doesn't matter. Ha! Ah, and people will believe it in the future. Space babies. Did you know? Don't touch your dick to metal. Space babies. It's fucking weird. Okay. I've, 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 I'm off the rails. You're uh, next. I'm not on the rails either. Here we go. Dash is here. Yes, he showed up. You're next to me. And hey, he's part of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival coming up mm, October 10th through 16th. It's going to be exciting. I'm super excited to see what he's going to do right now. Put your hands together for Dash Renault. Yay! <laughs> Thank you, Pam. Most exciting part of my week right here, but I'm looking forward to the last seven days. We got our trusty audience member, Mr. Judd Apatow himself right here, always always showing up. I don't know if you know this, but Judd Apatow actually releases a master class on comedy. And I've seen it. The whole thing is really about how you can do comedy without actually being funny or having punchlines. And it makes a lot of sense coming from Judd Apatow, I gotta say. <laughs> But I'm going to put the question to you, sir, as, as, our, as our most trusty uh, audience member. Would you like me to start off by introducing myself with some rhyme, or do you want me to go right into the jokes? Some rhyme? He asked for it, ladies and gentlemen. You can blame him later if you don't like this. So here it is. I'm the bounty hunter. And when I say bounty, I mean quicker picker-upper, always plunder, never blunder, and I'll tear a mind asunder, makes you wonder how I always get a number, laying pipe like a plumber, gone fishing all summer, and they'll never recover. In fact, you should ask your mother if she carries a rubber, because if the answer's no, you'll be expecting a brother. Yeah. Yeah. See, I like to give my audience an element of choice in the show, but uh, not too much choice in case we have any Texans in the, in the room. not trying to offend anybody. Um... A lot of people have a lot of theories as to how cucumbers and carrots came to be shaped the way that they are. I know the answer. It's because we let women garden. We did. We shouldn't have, shouldn't have let that witchcraft into the backyard. Um, growing up in the 90s, we had dial-up. Anyone here grow up with dial-up internet? <laughs> dial-up porn gave me a foot fetish. 
It's true. It's true. Because back in the 90s, only about like 20% of a photo would have even loaded before the time you were done masturbating. All you got to see was like some ankles and that was it. Like that, you had just get used to looking at that as your medium. No, but it stayed with me for life. In fact, the secret, if you're ever trying to attract a man with a foot fetish, they're into small feet. And if you don't have small feet, there's something you can still do. Big ankles will make feet look small. I like big ankles so much I could date a girl with diabetes. I'm serious. It's like, you don't need insulin, babe. It's fine. But if they ever come and amputate that thing, I'm gone. I'm gone. Um, what was I going to say? Uh, they're thinking about putting Trump on our currency. Did you hear about this? There was a petition to put Trump on our currency. They're going to put him on. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to put him on the IOU. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Trump's business career was a lot like Hitler's flirtation with art. You know, he would have been so happy if we had just let him go off and be a businessman. But unfortunately, the world had to say, no, sorry, you fucking suck at this. You need to go off and ruin everyone's world instead. Um, yeah. Um, I started seeing a therapist recently. I, uh, yeah, thank you, thank you. I, 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 I learned about a lot about myself. I found out that I uh, no longer have $200. That was... Um, anyone who prefers breast meat, I hate to tell you this, you're a white supremacist. <sighs> the internet is a weird place, folks. A lot of people out there turning to AA for help and ending up with airplane tickets. It's a, not a good one. You laughed at it. Um, you know that thing, marry, fuck, kill? That, that postulation, who would you marry, who would you fuck, who would you kill? What I don't get is like, are you not allowed to fuck the one you marry? And also, are you not allowed to kill the one you marry? Because, like, that's, I thought that's the point of marriage was those two things. Anyway, um, nothing better encapsulates the dehumanization of Muslims like the term Arab Spring. Like, Arab Spring, gestation, uh, 300 uh, days for the Arab urbanists, uh, becomes really hostile in spring. Really, really just going to lose her shit when spring rolls around. All bets are off. Um... No, I don't. Can I not end on that? See, I'm not letting you honk me off this time, Pam. This is a mutiny. This is a mutiny. It's, it's finally that mutiny of mutiny radio. We're making you walk the plank, and we're just taking this microphone and sticking with it. Um, no, a lot of people out there complaining about free childcare, saying they can't afford it. It's easy. Just take your kids down to the border. They'll take them. <laughs> All right, you guys have been amazing. My name's Dash Renault. Dashel Renault. Dashel Renault. Dash no, everybody, yeah. Do you understand children? You have a child, right? Yes, of course. Why do babies' pants have pockets? Can you answer me this? Why do babies' pants have pockets? You'll never have children, it's fine. But other people who've had children in the past, all of your children have pockets, why? What could they possibly put in those pockets? Exactly! The police will never search their pockets. That's where I put the drugs. <laughs> like when I'm the nanny, I put the drugs in the... They can't actually physically put their own hands in their own pockets. They can't put their own socks on. They're like, they're like dumb little children. That's where you put your drugs. Your next comedian, put your hands together for Kyle Morrissey. Yay! Oh. I, uh, I thought that's why babies had assholes. All right. <laughs> Oh man, this is a, I think this place is the highest that Pam has ever smelled right now. This is um I just got back from Las Vegas. That was a trip. Literally. Um I 
All I ate was McDonald's. I eat like shit when I'm on the road. So I'm happy to be back in California where I could just start eating in and out again. <laughs> okay. All right. So uh, that play- Vegas is a trip. Um, I've never been like in a place. There's just so much. There's just so much shit flying at you. I think it was, I was so overstimulated. I think this is the only time I've never taken out my phone to just mindlessly distract myself. Like instead I was like, Oh, the titties are in person. All right, cool. Wow. Look at all these titties. That must be a family from Missouri. Uh, I had a female Uber driver. Dude, I never do comedy this caffeinated. This is different. (laughs) This is, I had a, I had a female Uber driver take me back to the airport and I was trying to put myself in her shoes. And I realized, like, being a, a woman who drives Uber has to be so sketchy. Like, you let a stranger get into your car, and then you have to drive without crashing. All right. Um, that was a sexism joke. That was a sexism joke. That's all, <laughs> all the material I had. <laughs> um, okay. I was having a conversation with my friend about porn because we're because we're not original, and I was I was we were talking we need like better directors to write porn right like porn writing need, you know this is an original premise we need better writing in porn, and uh, we're like what if Shyamalan wrote a porn right like oh he was dead the whole time all right, <coughs> I say all right right after my punchlines because I'm not comfortable letting him just hang there in silence. That's the sign of a budding, developing comedian. Um, I, uh, I, I, I don't know. I'm a bad employee. I'm a bad employee. I, I blame it on being a millennial because that's one of our stereotypes. There's always some guy online who's like, ah, your family never taught you the value of hard work. They just paid for everything. I'm always like, just stop reminding me, dad. Um, but this is a true thing and I feel like it, it like I get mixed signals when I go to my job and then they're like, Oh, we're a family here. Like that's that's a bad message. That's anytime my boss is like, Hey man, we're family, I'm like, All right, then just give me the fucking money. <laughs> why are you why are you making me do shit? All right, cough it up, dad. Let's go. Let's go. I'm trying to get a drink with my friends. <laughs> Um, what else that's, um, unoriginal? I, I just got diagnosed with celiac disease. Um, you guys notice how I'm not making eye contact right now? This was not an issue before COVID. This was, I, something happened. They were like, hey, you need to physically distance. I was like, how about emotionally? I, I will, dude, I turned into Rain Man during quarantine. Sorry, I guess that's kind of punching down. Because, you know, Dustin Hoffman's short. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm not looking at any of you. I'm not. I'm walking off stage. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, s- I really don't. I mean, the, I got the light. That's that's it. Listen, I know this is just an open mic, but I'm still going to go cry in my car if it's of any consolation to you guys, all right? All right. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> Kyle Morris. Thank you very much. Kyle Morris. Kyle Morrissey, everyone. Kyle Morris. Okay, so here's the thing. These are the people that signed up and that haven't come out yet. There's Ray Khan and Lee Stewart. 
and Lucy Augustine. And I'm kind of excited for Lucy Augustine because she has kind of a name that sounds like super cool. But I'm just going to do a couple jokes to sort of, you know, wait, hope that these people come. Is that okay? Okay, cool. Okay, cool. Uh, first, I feel like tonight I am dressed like Punky Brewster's cool stepmom. <laughs> no. <laughs> There's nobody. Like, how cute is your dad? Because you're a doll, but you're clearly too young, but, like, do you hate your mom? Can we... mm, I have no problem with this. Can he skateboard? Okay, okay, okay. But would would you say your dad is cute? I, I mean, I, I, I have a beard fetish. Here's the thing. I was raised as a Christian child, and I wanted to have an invisible friend. I wanted to have a four-foot-tall cat that was my friend. It was a gray cat. Like, if you, when you go to Disneyland, and you're in the Haunted Mansion, and you see the picture of the lady, and she's all um, reclined, reposed, and then she turns into a cat. No one remembers this with me. Do you remember this? Yes. So that was my best friend I wanted. And I was like seven years old. And I'm like, I want this invisible friend as a cat. And my parents said, no. But you can have a 33-year-old man talk to you every night. He can hold your hand on your bed. Uh, his name is Jesus. You can tell him all of your problems. And now they wonder why I have a beard fetish. I'm like, are you kidding me? You let me have a 33-year-old invisible friend who's a guy. And not a cat. Okay, Christians. <laughs> like, all right. I don't know. It's fine. I'm just saying. If your dad is cute, like, I, if you hate your mom, I could be like the perfect puzzle piece to just like unlock that whole thing your therapist has been talking about, right? Like, I could really fuck up your life. Do you like ketamine? We can party together. <laughs> yes! Oh my God. <laughs> I don't want to have like a panic attack on stage. If I could have a son this hot, like maybe my life would have meaning. Do you know? Like if I was, I, that's the thing. I never wanted to have kids because I didn't want to feel that ownership over another person. I feel like it's dangerous and evil and gross that like you feel like you own them and their whole life is some reflection of you. And that's so scary, no? People who have children are like, no, we don't have time to think existentially or philosophically because we have children, you dumb bitch. We have no time to think. Um, I've been, I think a lot and I walk a lot. And I think like Socrates, not, okay, I'm going to sort of compare myself to Socrates, the hubris of Pam, I know. I'm going to compare myself to Socrates here for a second. But he walked and walked and walked and he never wrote anything down because he thought that thought was the quintessential that was the highest form of everything once you write it down it's derivative right so only plato wrote down his thoughts but i've seen what the greeks put in like all of their art so maybe he shouldn't have been writing that shit down like i think he was thinking some really dangerous things like look at the pottery they're like tiny boys maybe they were tiny people maybe they were little people i don't know what they called them back then whatever but there were These are the things they wrote down. What was Socrates thinking that he was like, I'm not going to write down 
He's going to get us all in trouble. But that's what I was thinking because it was COVID times and I was walking and walking and walking. I don't know if anybody else did this for miles and miles around the city with no one around. And I was so lonely and I was thinking thoughts and I was like, I can't write these thoughts down. These are terrible thoughts. I can't write these. Why would I write these? Such don't be like Socrates. Just think them. Don't write them down. But I wrote it down. I wrote it down and then I thought I shouldn't have written it down and I wrote it down. I'm going to tell you. No! And this is the thing. I shouldn't have written down but I wrote it down. And in the time of COVID, in the darkest, deepest times, my loneliest times, I had the thought that I wrote down, which was that I am so bored that I want to take my sharpened nails and pull out my IUD and fuck a random guy so I can get an abortion, so I can have something to do. <laughs> you see, just like Socrates, I shouldn't have written the shit down. You're not supposed to write the shit down going to get us all in trouble. So I'm assuming that Lucy Augustine and Lee Stewart and Ray Khan aren't coming. Boo. Wah. It's fine. Wah. Let me I have I'm just going to do a couple more jokes only because I have to work them out because I have I have shows tomorrow. Yay! Tomorrow at 2 at Atlas. There's a show with Mutiny Radio presents. Uh we also always leave a guest set and a tip set so for comedians that want to just hang out and there's like really good food and so forth. But um, it, comedians just come out and at the end we always like just divide the time. So come out and hang out. And then also tomorrow night I'm at On Deck of the Woods at seven and nine o'clock. So I'm really excited about that. And then I'm gonna get a picture in front of their special background and I'm gonna be like, ah! uh, Okay, so let me do one of those jokes that I will do for that. Bo young boys are so dumb right now. Who's 26? You're 26? Are you intermittent fasting? You've heard about these idiots that are intermittent fasting. Oh, yeah, you're microdosing food? <laughs> you're going to mansplain anorexia to me? Come on, I've been doing this for 30 years. Ugh, I only eat when the sun is in the northwest corner of the sky. For you. you have an eating disorder, sir. I understand eating disorders. I used to be bulimic. Uh, but that's a rich girl's disease. And I can't afford that anymore. I'm on food stamps. But bulimia is amazing for the American economy because it makes you four times the consumer. Uh, but I personally wanted to be an environmentalist, so I would vomit into the composting. You know, regurgitate, renew, recycle because that highly acidic compost will be great on the wine vines in Napa. 2020 Pinot. It's going to be good. Lucy, no Lucy, no Ray, no Lee. Okay, one more joke. One more, one more, and then I'll let you go. I feel like I'm keeping you captive. In 1904, Gillette became a razor company. And it was mostly for men, right? With their beards. They were like, beards used to be cool because it made you like, you were a homesteader. But like, no, now men, you can't have a beard because beards mean you don't have money. And blah, blah. Okay. But in 1904, you couldn't flash a hairy ankle without being a disgusting slut. Right? And now, if you don't shave from your big toe to your twat, like a four-year-old girl, you're a disgusting slut. And no one wants to sleep with you. Gillette, the best a man can get. Right? 
Like I have so much pubic hair, it's it's like I'm wearing a hair skirt. <laughs> it's like you can't. It's like I have a kitten in a headlock. Uh. <laughs> it's cute. Uh, I thought the other day I was there and I thought that I thought a spider ran across my legs. No, that was just my pubic hair. I just had to put my glasses on. I'm like, ah, Gillette, the best a man can get. Never be good enough. Have you heard about the new Gillette razor? You're next, by the way. 13 blades. 13 blades for the closest shave. And the seventh blade is easily removable, so you can slit your throat in the shower because you'll never be good enough. Never be good enough. It's okay. It's like a golem joke in the guise of a shaving joke. Uh, I'm so glad you showed up. We were. I was just burning time. Your next comedian has children. He was probably coming from a soccer game right now. And if you were, that's so cool. Like, I, I want to know who won. I want to know if there's soccer cheerleaders, if I can make pom-poms. Put your hands together, everybody, for Ray Khan. Yay! Oh, my God, Pam. Thank you for killing time. I'm happy to be here. I was at a game of sorts. I was at my uh, son's baseball practice. And who the fuck has baseball practice in Pacifica at like 7 o'clock at fucking night in the, in the blazing fog? It's out of control. I couldn't see shit. So I'm happy to be here. Thank you, guys. Listen, um, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, I didn't know Vin Diesel had a skinny, effeminate, tidy older brother. Yeah, he does. He does. It's me. It's me. I like, I love being neat. I love everything about being neat. I love everything about being orderly, you know. Uh, not only am I fast and furious, but I am furiously fastidious. <laughs> it's true. It's true. I will clean the shit out of my room. Angrily, too. Angrily. A um, little bit more about me, because I have the mic in front of my hand, which is kind of how it goes a little bit. Um, I come from a very educated family. A lot of education in my family. People are smart. Uh, my dad's got a PhD in entomology, and my mom has two master's degrees in education. So if you know anything about anything about genetics, you know that I am a huge a disappointment, everybody. A huge disappointment. Not, not smart. Uh, when I was a kid, I was a dumb, dumb kid, uh, which translates into being a dumb adult. But I was a dumb kid. And one day, Steve said, what do you want? Man, oh my God! Shiny boots, pressed, pressed uniforms, all marching in order. Oh man, it really appealed to me. It appealed, it appealed to my OCD side, big time. And he said, "Ray, what in God's name are you talking about? What did, what do you have against Jewish people?" And I said, "Steve Davis, let me ask you a question." Let me ask you a question. Hold on. Real quick, look into my eyes. I got one thing to ask you. What's a Nazi? <laughs> I have no idea what I'm talking about. Please, I have no idea. What What the fuck is a Nazi? I thought it was just shiny boots and pressed jeans. What's going on here? And he said, listen, it's okay. It's okay. I'll guide you. I'm the smart one in the classroom. It's all right. So as Steve ended up being uh, like my 1979 version of Alexa, anytime I had a question, I just asked him. I'm like, hey, Steve Davis. And he'd say, uh, what, Ray? And I'd say, what's a haberdashery? 
He'd be like, oh, haberdashery? And I said, there's a place where people buy men's clothing. Find men's clothing, Ray. I was like, cool. Anything to do with Nazis? He's like, no. I'm like, cool. I think I want to be one of those. I want to work, work there. That'd be cool. That'd be nice. Um, I got cheap parents. Anybody got cheap parents? Growing up, I got cheap parents. I had cheap parents. It takes a while to un kind of to to undo yourself of that kind of childhood branding of having cheap parents, right? It takes every fiber of my body in order to not to pull over on the side of the road and pick up that sweet discarded ottoman. Yeah, it's awesome, man. Every every fiber of my being, you know, for the for the low low price of reversing half a mile half a mile down the highway. Right, uh, that 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 cracked rattan footstool would be all mine, all all mine. You guys, I'm getting older. Anybody getting older here? Everybody should raise their hand, cause that's how fucking time works, people. Thank you, thank you. We're all getting older, and I'm feeling a little softer, a little softer, a little bit rough around the edge, but mostly soft. I think you guys know where I'm getting at here. Uh, it's hard to maintain a an erection. An erection is hard. When I was young, I would get an erection that would be hard as forged steel. Forged steel. Now it's much more like a forged signature. Yeah, short, squiggly, and completely unconvincing. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, my wife is never convinced. I present that to her, and she's like, no, 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 man. Just like I'm presenting a counterfeit bill, and she's a teller at a bank. She holds it up to the light. She checks for the red and blue threads. Those, my friends, that's, a, that's an artery and a vein. I promise you. I promise you. Pam Benjamin, thank you for having me. I love soccer. Yes, I'm here. Thank you, guys. Hooray. Raycon, he loves soccer. No, I'm glad you ended with that because that means I can end with this. Uh, I love soccer. I love watching Premier League soccer. World Cup soccer coming up, Qatar. Yeah. I love watching soccer so much because I get to watch hot 26-year-old men actually make goals. They actually make goals. It's so <laughs> I don't see them. Maybe it's like an international thing. Maybe it's just like American guys. Don't know. Maybe it's just Californian guys don't know how to make goals at 26. They're like, oh, I tried so hard. It's like, oh, your best effort doesn't get a participation trophy this time. I'm sorry. I'm not your mommy. Oh, I know you just got out of her garage, but you tried. Sorry, is any no one else hangs out with 26-year-olds? Yay! Someone has to beat them down and teach them to be better because the discipline disappeared. There's no more like like angry football coaches to be like, be better for no reason, right? So now it takes old bitches to be like, be better for a reason. Learn how to make pot food, buy flowers. I'm sorry, romance is a construct to control women, so you stupid motherfuckers use it, you dumb, stupid guys. All the women are there. They've all been taught all through the time. You're just too lazy to do anything. And everyone's like, why does anything work anymore? It's like, we made up the construct of romance, and you're all like, we're too lazy to do it anymore. And we're like, so are we. <laughs> Let's all just be lesbian. Cool. <laughs> It's cool. No, I mean, or fluid or whatever words we have. 
dude, I had a kid be mad at me today because I, I misgendered and I tried to go with the they and I'm like, I'm a dick. And I had to, in front of the whole class of like 12 kids, I had to apologize and I'm fine with apologizing, but I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm turned 47 in two weeks. Like you appear to be this gen. I can't my brain try an old lady sausage fingers iPhone meow like I can't children are so mad they're looking they're like don't you understand the fluidity of gender and I'm like no one could touch my butthole until three years ago so like what okay we're gonna end this now because <laughs> I finished a bottle of wine I mean a duck and um I'm sorry, Lucy Augustine, whoever you are, I'm sorry you didn't come tonight, but I really like your name. Um, clap it up for uh, Matthew in the back. Gates of Delirium. Yay for me. Yay Gates for of me. Delirium. Gates of Delirium, Wednesday at 6 to 8. Which is, which is prog rock, and why is prog rock important? It's important. <laughs> Did I scare you? Don't do this to me. <laughs> It's, it's simply the best music for the best people, by the best people, for the best people. It's spacey as fuck some just, of it. It's just it's the best. And, and it's not it's not Emerson, Lake, and Palmer. It's nothing that you've heard of. It's much deeper than that. Deep. Yes. Okay, delirium. Okay, thank you all that. so much for being here tonight. MutinyRadio.fm. The um, Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival is coming up. Tell your friends. Um, take some flyers. Be awesome. Have a beautiful night, everybody. Thank you so much for being here. Yay! Well, and for Pam Benjamin. Let's hear it for Pam. Can I Turn down.